0: Gentlemen, there is a long tradition of men being men. And there's a lot of tradition associated with what it means to be a man. Our guest today, Alonzo Pettigrew, who is a fantastic man. He's a state champion coach. He will break down the things that he thinks that are the traditions of manhood that we need to stick with. Warning, applying these principles may change your life. People will look at you differently. You'll walk straighter, live bolder, and find out who you are. This is the Manlyhood Mancast. Here's your host, Josh Atcher. Gentlemen, welcome back to the Manlyhood Mancast. Listen up. I want to talk to you a little bit before we get into our interview with Alonzo Pettigrew today. Just want to let you know that we've got some amazing CBD-based beard oil from our friends at Hemp Mafia. And uh, this is called Dirty Beard Oil. It's made with CBD oil. It's also made with Thieves Oil, which if you're familiar with that, uh, the concept behind that is these oils were used in the masks of people that would rob graves during the black plague. And they put these oils in a mask and they would go in and they would steal all the gold rings off people's fingers off the dead bodies and they wouldn't get sick. That's the story behind this blend that's in this oil. And, uh, Yeah, so I think there's some value in that. There's definitely scientifically proven antibacterial properties in things like cinnamon, peppermint, lemon, lavender, and the oils that are in here. So if this is something that you're interested in, we're doing a limited run of this. And not only will it make your beard smell really nice, not only does it have antibacterial properties to kill all the germs that are living in your beard, but it also is going to make your beard shiny, slick, luxurious, and your wife's going to love it. So grab it. Go to manlyhood.com slash store. That's manlyhood.com slash store. So Alonzo Pettigrew is a speaker and a coach, and this guy is doing some phenomenal work. He's also got his MBA in leadership and ethics. And so he's going to talk today about the way that men lead in their homes and in their jobs. He's going to talk about the traditions that really kind of define masculinity. And we're going to have a great conversation. So stay tuned. Here it comes. Alonzo, it is great to have you on the show, man. We've been, uh, a little bit hit or miss for a while trying to get this scheduled. And I know uh, a lot of it's on my end, some on your end. That's just kind of the way things go when we're busy men that have careers and lives and families. So I'm glad to have you on the show today, man. And I appreciate it, Josh. I've been looking forward to it, but you're right.
1: Uh, Life gets in the way sometimes uh, when we got other responsibilities.
0: And that's uh, not a bad thing. You know, we prioritize you know and see what are the things that are the most important and sometimes it's taking care of everything else so that's all good but I really am glad to be able to have you today and uh, be able to talk things through with you and uh, tell me a little about what you do.
1: Well um, I've done a lot of things over my career but uh, currently I do uh, construction projects and and real estate Um, but I've been uh, I've also been teaching and speaking to men um, about uh, being a husband uh, for your wife. And, you know, that kind of, that kind of came about uh, because I've done some speaking for, on leadership. I like to speak about leadership to different companies as well, but that kind of came about on my own, Josh as um, I just knew about five years ago that I wasn't who I should be. And um, that I felt like my wife knew that I wasn't the man that I should be. And so I kind of went down a rabbit hole trying to figure out what I needed to be, who I needed to be for my wife and and for my family.
0: Uh, What did that look like for you? What was that experience like? Did you have kind of a crisis moment or was it a little more gradual?
1: No, it was more gradual. Um, I just knew something was missing and, um, You know, I was in my mid forties at the time. I'm I'm 51 now, but um, I I just knew something was kind of missing, and it wasn't really a midlife crisis. Um, It's so funny, Josh, because a lot of things that my father, a lot of advice that my dad gave to me, did not make sense until I got in my forties, and I think I hear that from a lot of guys, and I think it's because you've got to get enough experience. Enough life on you for a lot of those things are ring true uh, it was the same advice it was twenty years ago but now it really has meaning because because you've got that background
0: yeah i I had a, a similar experience I think for me I was a little bit a little bit younger uh, but we also started our family a little younger than most uh so I'm gonna say it's probably about my mid thirties late thirties when everything kind of hit and i started to realize wow man you got some work to do and all my dad's words started echoing back and and then you know you have grandbabies and then you get a whole new <laughs> a whole new level of it you know it's like oh now i get what my dad was talking about
1: <laughs> yeah that's right that's right and one of the, one of the things that um that i found is that i looked at i listened to a lot of videos and podcasts on marriage and i read a lot of books And it was the same stuff that, that they tell you, you know, be more involved in housework and, um, you know, take the kids off your wife's hands and take responsibilities off of her hands. And it just didn't work. And, and I knew it didn't work. And I I thought this just, this just is something that, it's like a professor teaching theory in class and you get out in the real world and it doesn't work. And so, I began my journey, and I began looking around uh, to figure out what uh, what being a man was about. And one of the first things uh, is something Jordan Peterson said, uh, who many of us know, know about and listen and, and read. And he said, if I could define manhood in, in one word, it's responsibility. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I remember one time, Josh, my wife, getting upset at me. Uh, about year seven or eight of our marriage, that seven-year itch, uh, that was real for us. And she just said, why won't why you just take care of me? And Josh, I laughed. I remember laughing. And the reason I laughed is because I'm a Christian, but I live in the world, and the world has a lot of influence on us. And I had bought into the whole feminist Empower women thing. And I thought you're you're your own person. And I did not understand what she was trying to tell me. And you go back to the Garden of Eden, uh, where God lays out the curse to the snake and he says to the woman, Your your is gonna be for your husband. And uh and then he goes a little bit further and he, he says, Adam, you're gonna you're gonna toil that till that soul and you're gonna have tares and, and weeds and, and Josh Men still deal with that in our work today. We still have weeds in our work today and, and harsh things in our work. But I'm, I'm so ashamed looking back that I reacted that way. And I did not understand what she was trying to tell me. And then in, in my learning, I realized that this word, you know, Adam, Adam's sitting there naming all the animals and you can't find a suitable mate. And God says, let us make a, a helpmate for him. And you look up that word, help me, it's made up of two Greek words. And one word means savior to save or to lift up. And the other word means mirror to reflect back. <laughs> and so our wives, if, if you look at God, the uh, what God does in the Bible is he always takes small things that we overlook and, and insignificant things in people and does great things with them. And just like David and Goliath, for a perfect example, uh, you look at the, uh, uh, the apostles. I mean, those guys were a bunch of rough old fishermen, and look what he did with them. But but he took woman from Adam and he made her... Our, our life coach, uh, she, she the feedback that she gives us, it's funny, before I knew any of this, uh, instead of calling it nagging, I, I finally got tired of it. I, I tried to do a positive spin on it, Josh, and I called it coaching. I said, that's good coaching, honey. And of course, we get a, kind of a laugh out of that. But it, it really is. She's really trying to, to coach us and guide us. And the other part of that is that mirror part is she'll reflect back to us the kind of men we're being. If she's distancing herself or cold to us many times, it's because we're not showing up and being masculine like we should be. And in every relationship, Josh, you're going to have masculine energy and feminine energy, and you have to have masculine energy. And if you're not being masculine, guess who is? Your wife is, and we I've seen that out of my wife. I, I used to tell her, just be more of a girl, be more feminine, and I didn't realize it was because I wasn't showing up enough as a man, and their natural state is to be feminine, but if they need to step in, they'll step into that, that masculine role, but that's been a huge awakening for me is to see how God uses our wives because femininity just exists. Uh, We see eight-year-old girls that can act like mature ladies. And we see 67-year-old grandmothers that can act and giggle like little girls. But manhood, masculinity is not like that. It's a series of, of steps you climb. You get a challenge and you wrestle with that challenge. And you finally overtake that challenge. And guess what? There's another challenge behind it. And we've all seen men that get stuck at 20 years of age when they're 30 or they get stuck at 30 when they're 50, they, they don't overcome those and continue that growth. And so our wives are there
0: to spurn us toward that growth. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. Cause you talked about that, uh, kind of that feminist mindset. And I, you know, I, when I look at the core of what feminism is supposed to be right <laughs> like like the idea that men and women are equal, different and equal you know they each have a have a have things about them that are that are special and unique, but they're there there's that equality, which you know that that reflection kind of is part of that i think and um i I think about that concept and i I have to laugh because it's become so perverted today you know, where, where it's, um, it it is really kind of what's, what's being presented is not actual feminism, but rather this almost a a caricature of it. And, uh, and, and it's, it, it's unfortunate because it doesn't allow women to be what they really are. And yeah, and, and you're right where we approach it as, as men. I, I heard a, at a, I think it was at a promise keepers event years ago. Uh, there was a speaker and he said that you can tell a lot about the character of a man, uh, as it's reflected in the face of his wife. And, and yeah. And, you know, that right there is one of those things. I mean, I'll, you know, I'll meet a guy and I'll see his wife come up to him and and talk to him. And you can tell a lot about him based on how she looks at him and, you know, and, and, yeah so what you're speaking definitely resonates with things that I've seen and experienced and learned in my own life as well so 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 you you came to the place where you recognized then that you needed to work you needed to become more responsible you needed to show up what what does that mean how do how do you show up for your wife
1: um by taking by providing for her by providing for her emotional needs as well you know, your, your wife's kidney functions just like yours does. Her lungs function just like yours does. Her mind does not. Uh, God gave her a different mind than he gave you and I. And so uh, there's a reason for that. And you, you talked about feminism. We just talked about that for a minute ago. You know, the world says that men and women are equal in ability, but God says men and women are equal in outcome because we need to look at the building blocks of society or families. And, and instead of asking what men can do and what women can do, we need to be asking what our families can do. But uh, being responsible and, and showing up uh, financially, uh, when, you know, when your wife says uh, the grass is sure growing, what she just said is, you need to go cut that grass and, you know, trying to see through and, and learn her and learn how she communicates because they rarely communicate directly to you. They, they rarely mm. reach out and, and speak directly like men do. Um, and, and so those things, meeting her emotional needs in that way uh, were, was really big and, and paying attention to her in
0: those regards. So how did you come to the place where you started to actually make it work? Did you have to make major changes in, in your life and in your mindset? Or was it, you know, you know what, what was the, how did you practically make this change? Josh, when I figured all this stuff out,
1: I was scared to death to implement some of these things um, because of us. I've been raised in this environment um, of the feminist influence, and uh, that men being men um, wasn't necessary anymore. Um, and so, the first thing that I that I started doing is uh, working on my communication skills with her. You know, one of the one of the best things you can do is you can turn her statements into questions and her questions into the statements. When she says, um, you know, the grass is really growing. That means, can you mow the grass? Can you take care of that grass? Um, if you're driving along, you're on a trip and it's about midday and your wife asks you, are you hungry? And you say, and you think, no, I'm not hungry. And you keep driving. She's not gonna. She's not gonna be very happy with you in about thirty or forty minutes. What she just said is, she said, "Are you hungry?" That means I'm hungry. Let's find some place to eat. So, turning those questions into statements and those statements into questions is is just an easy trick to help you start that communication route. And so, that's the first thing I started doing is is doing that. And as that worked, as as we begin to communicate better, I begin to understand her more. Um, I started doing, doing more things and getting bolder and becoming more of a man. And I tell you, Josh, one thing that amazed me, uh, because there's about 13 things that I've nailed down that I think your wife needs from you as a husband. And when I got done, I was astonished because I had staring at me in those 13 things, two men. One of them is my father and the other one is my father in law. And they were, they were doing these things. Uh, they're from uh, two generations before us, and they were doing these things. And their wives, my mother and my mother-in-law, adore those two men. They, they adore those two men. And uh, they certainly aren't. You would never call these two men metrosexuals. Uh, that certainly would not define who they are. But they show up uh, in, in a very masculine way. And, and take care of their wives, and they just adore them.
0: So what are some of those 13 things?
1: Help me out. Well, um, one of them is to fill her emotional tank. Um, you know, back in the 1980s and 1990s, I know you've got a lot of listeners that are younger than that, but I can remember when a company would decide to purchase a bunch of computers and go uh, with their a computer system versus, you know, a paper ledger system, they had a decision to make. Do I buy a PC, uh, which would be Compaq or IBM or Gateway, or do I buy an Apple product? And the reason that was such a big decision is because if you did a spreadsheet on an Apple computer in those days and you tried to give it to someone that had a PC, it wouldn't read it. It couldn't work. Now, today, I can do a spreadsheet on my PC and email it to myself and look at it on my iPad, but back then they would not communicate. And so when it comes to our wives, I mentioned I mentioned God gave them different minds than, than they gave men, than he gave men, but they run on an emotional system and we run on a logical system, just like the PC ran MS-DOS and Apple runs its system. But but they run on an emotional system, which means they see everything through emotion. And so when your wife asks you a question about a decision, she'll say, how do you feel about that? Or when you're talking about something with her, she'll say, here's how I feel. Or I don't know how I feel about that. But when a man talks, he'll say, how do you think about that? Or, or here's how I think about that. But she needs to feel emotional things. And one thing that uh, that amazes us is that our wives talk much more than we do and one reason they do that is when they talk to us they experience those emotions when they tell us a story but you know sometimes my wife is trying to tell me something that happened at home and i'm wanting her to get to the point but she's taking this big long way around telling me every detail and the reason she does that is because she can go through those emotions and relive those emotions again and so when i come in every evening I try to take some time. I can't always do it. I don't always do it well, but I try to sit down and let her talk and visit with me because that's a a way that I can connect with her. And another thing to do is, uh, you know, to go do fun things together. Um, you know, when I first started, uh, on this journey, a few years ago, I started trying to take my wife out on date nights and things like that. My wife does not like to go to the movies and sit and watch a movie. She likes to go and do physical things that she can get her hands on, you know, throw axes and stuff like that. And so learning your wife and doing things together with her, that's another great way to fill her emotional tank. Uh, Another thing is to be a man, Uh, do man stuff, Uh, know how to fix a flat, Um, know how to uh, make decisions uh, with her in mind and, and to just show up as a man. Um and then, you know another thing is how you frame a situation, our wives need confidence from us, and sometimes you and I aren't confident, sometimes we don't know what to do, but we've still got to exhibit that confidence while we're working through uh deciding uh making those decisions. so those are just a few things there's just three quick things that uh that our wives need from us,
0: yeah, when you talk about the confidence. You know, it's it's not bravado. She doesn't want us to put on a show because they can see right through that. But <laughs> but what they want is to exude that, okay, we've got this. We're gonna be okay. Right. And 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 yeah, you're right. I, I've definitely seen that.
1: Yeah, we recently I don't know if you can tell, but this is a mattress behind me against the wall. We just moved Saturday, moved houses, and so our house is still wrecked and apart and, my wife was so stressing over that move and just so, you know, concerned about how we we're going to do it. And I just told her, we're going to get it done. And uh, our church showed up at eight o'clock Saturday morning and they had us move by noon in four hours. We were done.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, my wife and I just had a conversation tonight and we were talking a little bit and I, um, we, she, she asked for some feedback. And, uh, you know, we talked about that. And one of the things I told her was, you know, when she wants something done, she wants it done right now. And, you know, she identified that that was impatience. I say, and it doesn't help that I tend to procrastinate. (laughs) So, you know, that, you know, because my thought is sometimes you leave it for a little while, it'll solve itself, you know, or you got to take the time to kind of figure out the best way to do the thing rather than rush through and do it the wrong way. You know, and so we kind of talked about, the, the mechanics of that back and forth and how, you know, it was, it was an interesting conversation. So.
1: <laughs> yeah. I heard a I heard a gentleman talk one time about how uh, a man's brain, if you open the top of his skull and look in it, there's a bunch of boxes. And when he's at work, he's got his work box open. And when he comes home, he closes it. And when he wants to go fish and he gets that box out and uh, but his favorite box in there, Josh is his nothing box just Mm -hmm. open his nothing box and (laughs) sit there and that's how you're flipping channels. But he said, the thing that irritates a woman more than anything is seeing a man doing
0: nothing. Well, and one of the things that I know that women generally don't understand about, you know, and that's just not my wife. I mean, any woman that I've had to work with or deal with is sometimes that nothing box that they can see me sitting doing what looks like nothing and what they don't understand is, yes, you open all those boxes up, and there are wheels turning in every one of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. you, know, you know, it's, it's like um, you know, you, you open up the crock pot while something's cooking, then you let the steam out, and then it takes longer to cook. So.
1: <laughs> well, and our, our, wives, our wives' brains are just wired to everything. Everything touches everything. And your, your wife has probably said to you before at night, I just can't shut my brain down. And uh and so they have a hard time uh doing that. And and whereas we can just close up our boxes sometimes and go to bed.
0: Well, it's a little different for me. Um, and I think it's just because of being a, a creative person who's um doing many things so it, and you know a little bit of adhd in there as well so i actually i'm the one that has a harder time falling asleep at night <laughs> i don't know if it, so for me i get you know i i'll wake up in the middle of the night and i'll have you know oh have you ever had one of those dreams where you you go to work and you spend the whole night working and then you wake up and you realize you have to go to work <laughs> oh uh, yeah you're wore out <laughs> yeah but um no you're but i out. i Yeah. And I I think that, um, those differences between men and women, um, and, you know, and obviously we're, we're talking in generalities, you know, there are some women who might be a little better at compartmentalizing than others. And there's some men who might not be as good at it as others, you know, so, you know, there's generalities that we're talking with here, but, um, I think for the most part, we can observe these things pretty consistently.
1: Yeah. And another thing i that I think about quite a bit is this is kind of a modern problem. What what we're talking about, what you do with your, your whole program Um, because you go back 200 years ago, what were most people doing for work? They were 98% of the world was agricultural. And if you're, you know, if you're out growing crops um, you don't have money to go hire a bunch of people to help you. Guess who's out there helping you? Your wife is right there with you and your seven children all the way down to the two-year-old. And you guys are around each other all the time. You might not see other people for a week or a month. And so you know each other. But today with our busy schedules, I mean, how much time do you really spend and get to know and understand your wife and, and, and one another?
0: Yeah, I, I think about that a lot, actually, that, you know, families were closer because they had to be, you know, and, yep. you know, we don't even have as many kids as they used to have because we don't, you know, I mean, the more kids you had, the wealthier you were. Now, today, it's almost the opposite, yep. you know, the more kids you have, then you don't have enough money to take care of them. But then if you had more kids then you had more help, so And, and spending that time in, in, in the field and working together. And, you know, I, I think about when my family was young, man, like, um, we homeschooled our kids. Now my youngest now goes to the public school and boy, that's a long story, but, (laughs) but we, we homeschooled our kids, the rest of our kids and her most of the way through. And, um, and for a lot of it, I worked at home and my wife, you know, if she worked, she just worked a little bit of part-time here and there, um, and so, our lives were together, especially when they were very young, a lot. And uh, you know, we got to be a pretty close family because of that. You know, and and uh, I, I kind of, I kind of can experience a little bit of that. Um, you know that 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 we talk about when you think about the way families operated two hundred years ago. Yeah, you you both
1: get up in the morning, get the kids around. You both get off to work. Uh, in the evening, the kids may have ball games, and you're eating dinner out, uh, grabbing something real quick, and you get home at night, do homework, put them in bed, watch an hour of TV, and y'all go to sleep. I mean, when have you connected and and got to know one another
0: in that day? It's tough, and especially when they're younger, they need that. They need that connection, and right. you know, you know, I, I think that. That's part of what our our world is facing right now. Is we have a whole bunch of kids who didn't learn from their parents who they are, and so they're out there just craving identity. Man, they're they're latching onto anything that they can to make a part of their identity, and that's kind of heartbreaking. Yes, absolutely. So one of the things, uh, Alonzo, that I know that you uh, focus on is leadership. Uh, you know, you talk about. Speaking to men about leadership and um, what does that look like? What is, what is, uh, how, how, does, how does a man become a good leader?
1: Well, another word uh, that defines manhood is sacrifice. Um, men sacrifice uh, their time and attention to provide for and put other people first. And leaders are the same way. Um, you know, you've got to, You've got to put your people first and the team first. And I see so many, I see so many leaders that um, were promoted and had had a little bit of information, a way to do things that made them important and, and got them promoted. And um, and then they get promoted, and they don't uh, they they hold on to that information, and they're worried about other team team members that they're over. Coming up and and taken from them, they're insecure, and a great a great leader will never do that. He'll always put his people first. He'll always promote his people. He needs to be. He needs to be uh, like a leader of a department that people know I can hire great people out of that group uh, because they're they're led well and they're taught well. And uh, being a man uh, is no different. You put your family first. You put your children first and uh, and you meet their needs. And, and that's what it means uh, to just be a leader as a man.
0: Yeah, it's almost like, uh, so I think our culture defines leadership as privilege. And I think it's probably more about service and responsibility than it is about privilege.
1: Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story, Josh, when I was coaching, um, I'd coached at a school that had not won a state champ or, or a conference championship in football in 17 years. And we actually, my first year there, we had a pretty good team and we had a, we had a chance to, to go to the playoffs uh, for the first time in 17 years. And I walk in one day and the head coach is screaming at our senior fullback and linebacker, one of our key players on the team, just berating him, just destroying it and the whole thing was that this coach parked uh, as close to the building as possible and uh, he got there late and this kid had taken his parking place it didn't say that was his parking place is just the place he always parked and he thought this boy was trying to show him up and so the rest of the season I parked in the back of the parking lot as far away as I could uh, because th- those kids are what would have made us as coaches we needed them and uh, and that's the way you lead is you put other people first and you take care of their needs first and by the way that's that's what attracts your wife to you is making sure you've taken care of her needs and met her needs and if you're not connected to her and and focusing a little bit on her and put some thought into her thinking about her then you're going to miss that and and that and when you miss that that shows up to her is you're not looking out for her, you're not thinking about her, you're just taking her for granted. That's what she means when she says you're taking me for granted.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's what the bottom line is, is that that serving is is in your relationship with your spouse. That's really the heart of what what it means to lead is is to to take care of her, to have her best interests in, at heart. And then, and then, and that's the other thing too, is, you know, something goes wrong. You know, your kids go outside, they're playing baseball, man, and they hit the ball and it cracks a window, you know, you as the father are responsible for that. Now mm-hmm. you can delegate some of that responsibility and maybe they have to, you make sure they pay for the window, but that's still your responsibility to make sure they do, you know? Right. right.
1: Yeah. Being, being a parent, uh, is not easy. They're, they're not your friends. Uh, they're your children and, uh, you want to raise them correctly. And that, uh, that's not always
0: easy. What, uh, what are some of the, I mean, I don't, you know, you probably don't want to tell on your kids, but what are some of the, the challenges and things that you've had to work through as you raise yours?
1: Um, <laughs> I don't want to tell on my kids, uh, <laughs> One of the biggest things is is probably uh, it, it's hard in, in this day and age, and you you've been through this too. Is is for them to be appreciative of of things that you've done for them to have gratitude. Um, you know, I was raised. Uh, my father was raised, and there just wasn't much food. They they got to eat meat like once or twice a week. Uh, growing up, uh, his his father was killed in the logwoods when he was three, and so his mother raised four children uh, mm-hmm. working at the chicken plant. and so when uh, when I was coming up, Josh, we had plenty of food. My dad made sure because of his childhood. and uh, but there's no AC. He wouldn't pay for air conditioning. So it was hot in the south. And so now, I have plenty of air conditioning, but, uh, it's just your perspective. You know, our, our children, sometimes we do too much for them and, uh, and just teaching them that gratitude, um, for what they have. That's something that I've found to be a real challenge.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, uh, with our kids, we, uh, if they wanted something, they had to earn the money to get it. I mean, yeah, we'd get them something every now, you know, get them special things and make sure they had what they need. But, you know, if they wanted to, something special kind of over and above well okay well maybe i'll help you out with it but you've got to earn this much you know right my daughter right. my daughter my 17 year old just bought a car and uh you know she asked us if we could help and we kind of t- said well this is how much we could give but the rest of it you're gonna to have to do and she busted home to pay for it <laughs> yeah <Awesome. laughs> and and yeah. so she's she's gonna take good care of it because she had to work for it you know
1: yeah that's right you know, and you were mentioned you had asked me about, you know, leadership as a in the household as a husband. And, uh, you know, you've got to show integrity. I mean, your word has got to be iron. Um and and don't ever lie to your spouse. Um my wife, I have lied to my wife, and that has hurt her. And mm-hmm. the big reason it hurt her is why would I lie to my wife over something? Well, here's why. Because I'm afraid of my wife. I'm afraid of her reaction. Does your wife want a man that is afraid of her? Because if you're afraid of her and you'll compromise your integrity for her, what will you do for someone else? And so uh, you've got to show up and and your words got to be iron. You've got to have
0: integrity. I have to repeat my nails. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah I I've, I've uh, I have made the mistake of lying to my wife as well and made some some pretty deep mistakes in our marriage and you know what I will tell you that it'll always get found out.
1: <laughs> yes God we were talking earlier about God God the the way he made us both and and he he gave her some intuition that you and I just don't have.
0: And and you know I know that a lot of our listeners don't necessarily share that same belief in God that you and I share, but yeah, it's still, the truth always still does come out. Whether you believe in God making it happen or not, you'll see it. That's right. <laughs> that's right. just been my experience. And I, I've seen it over and over again. Somebody will think they'll, you know, I have seen it in my life. You know, you think you can fudge something. Nope. It's going to happen, man. It's going to, it's going to come out.
1: Yep. That's right. Every time you know, another good thing to do is, you know, our wives are emotional creatures. They love to laugh and have have fun. And, you know, when you were, Josh, I remember being in the eighth grade and finally discovering girls and being interested in girls. And I thought, well, how do I get their attention? And what I found is the guys that were getting their attention made them laugh. And so, you know, sometimes you got to, you got to be funny. You got to kind of pull their pigtails a little bit, as the old saying goes, and 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 have fun with them. You know, there's a great video I found on YouTube of, of a, a man uh, and his wife that it was over several years. They took these little videos of having a, a confetti cannon. Have you seen those at parties Are about mm-hmm. a foot long? You buy them for three or four bucks at a party store and just ambushing each other around the house with those confetti cannons. <laughs> Uh, so just stuff like that you know i've my wife uh, uh bless her heart has had a couple of buckets of ice water poured on her in the shower you know once in a while but, uh that there, that has ended but yeah just uh, just doing some things to uh, to be funny and, and make
0: life interesting yeah yeah i think uh well i i know that there's been studies done and they ask you know what a woman is looking for in a man and sense of humor is usually right up in that top five, I think. So.
1: Yeah. It's very interesting because we've all seen a a beautiful woman with a guy that we went, how in the world did he (laughs) get her? And it's because they're, they're not attracted to us in the same manner as we are to them. Uh, They need us to be masculine and all these things that we talk about and you talk about on your podcast with your guests.
0: So that actually you, you, you talked a little bit about, you know, throwing axes with your wife and, and having, what, what are some fun, what are some of the fun things you've done with your wife? I think this might be a good line of questionings and things to talk about because a lot of guys might be in that spot where they're, you know, maybe their marriage has gotten dull. Maybe they're struggling with their relationship and and maybe they've got to recapture some of that fun. So what are some of the fun things you have done?
1: Well, and, and I'll tell you a couple, but, Every woman is different. You know, we talked about that and you've got to, you've got to know uh, what she likes.
0: Um, yeah. And what yeah because, she doesn't like. because if I dump cold water on my wife, when she's in the shower, you yeah. can forget it. She's calling the oh, yeah. slayer, So, slayer. Yeah, like I said, that has come
1: to an end, but it was fun for a while uh, for one of us. Um, but uh, we're, we're SEC people. Uh, we are Razorback fans and, We go to the home football games together and we just have a great time doing that. That's something we do every year. Um, and, uh, she, my wife, uh, loves to go just pond fishing, just go, go catch fish. Um, you know, we, we, uh, you know, we'll go to go to Memphis or, uh, uh, go to some other places, Kansas city. We went to Kansas city last January and, had a good time and uh, just explore different things. We did a, uh, we failed miserably, but we tried an escape room together.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That'll test your marriage right there. Well, apparently they let you out because we're able to have (laughs) that. Yeah, that's right. Thank
1: goodness there's a time limit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine if there was an escape room you just couldn't get out of until you solved it? (laughs) Oh man. Yeah, that was, that would not be a good deal. But yeah, you, that,
1: that just goes on. You've got to know your wife because, like I said, uh, when I first started trying to date nights with her, I totally would. I absolutely would, Josh. I did things that she hated, and, and I, I realized I don't know her as well as I thought I did. So yeah.
0: I've really put some work in on the study. Well, and, and, you know, honestly, when we started making date night a priority, we hadn't done it in a long time when the kids were younger. And so we started doing it here a few years ago. And I'm going to say probably the first six dates, all we did was (laughs) fight because, you know, we had all this, you know, frustration and resentment and all these things that we had never talked through. And so every time we'd get together, man, it just, we had to kind of learn, we had to work through all that junk to be able to actually enjoy each other's company again, you know? yeah yeah that's right and and a lot of people would have gave up on on the third one of those I think
1: (laughs) Uh, y'all are either committed or not
0: very smart Josh (laughs) 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 but now we we uh, we have date night every week and we enjoy each other's company now it's a lot sweeter once you work through the mess you know
1: yep yeah, um, something that I find interesting is uh, um, Cheryl Crow, her song, uh, Strong Enough. Mm-hmm. If you've ever heard that song, uh, your, your listeners need to go back and listen to that, because she gives you, she gives you men a lot of insight into, into things that women mm. need, and, uh, you know, being the rock uh, being solid in those situations, you talked about confidence earlier. Um, those are the the big things that they look for and, and need from us at times. Uh, I mean, there are times that that I don't want to be strong. There are times I don't want to exhibit courage that I am upset on the inside, but I I just have to I have to be that for my wife to give her uh, confidence and support.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and like we said earlier, you know, the bravado doesn't work. So if you've got insecurity or fear or things that you need to work through yourself so that you can be strong enough for her, that's, that might be part of it rather than put on the show. Yeah. Yeah. You sometimes you got to compartmentalize and function, but sometimes you got to work through it, you know? Yep. Uh, Alonzo, I like to ask all my guests a handful of questions and, uh, the first one is this, and, I, you know, we've kind of been talking about a lot of this, but um, what does it take to be a man?
1: Um, it, takes, it takes responsibility. You know, God never comes down in the Old Testament to the Israelites and says, what woman is at fault here? He always comes down and says, what man? I mean, who, who's at fault here? And uh, you've got to take responsibility. Uh, Anything that happens in your household is your responsibility. And that's what it means to be a man, is to be responsible. And by the way, manhood is confirmed confirmed, uh, on you and I by other men. Uh, Other men know those that are doing it right, uh, those that are responsible, those that have integrity. uh, We know each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, a woman can, uh, caress your manhood, but it doesn't necessarily give you manhood. You know, you need men in your life to, to affirm that and show you that that's what you've got. Yep. Absolutely. Right. So the next question, and this one kind of gets, kind of gets real personal, I think. And, You know, I've had a lot of really neat and interesting answers to this one. but So, ignoring the laws of (laughs) space-time, let's say that 10-year-old Alonzo walks in the door, and you've got the opportunity to speak into his life. Knowing the things that you know now about life, what do you want to tell him? Listen to your father.
1: Uh, I I love my dad. I I adore my dad. Uh, Sometimes my wife says, you're being just like your dad. And Josh, there was a time that would make me mad, and now I just smile uh, because I see what a great man that he is. Um, But, but yeah, follow your dad. You know, when I was younger, I was so influenced by the world, even though I grew up in a very small town. um, But I saw it in TV and movies and music. And um, the things that are real are everlasting. Uh, and manhood has been around uh, for eons and there's a reason for it and there's a purpose for it and so my advice to my 10-year-old self would uh, be you admire your father now uh, admire him the rest of
0: your life excellent advice I actually brought a tear to my eye because it makes me think about my own dad so i miss him a lot is your dad still with you he, is, uh, uh, he has
1: he uh, has Parkinson's disease and uh, has had good medication that's helped him, but uh, it only slows it, and so it's tough on him.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's excellent advice for young Alonzo, my friend. What uh, what is the best advice that you have for the guys that are listening to us today, man?
1: Um, don't be afraid to be masculine. The world needs masculinity. Um, feminism or femininity is fantastic. I love my wife. I love my mother. I love women. There's a a purpose for them. There's a reason for them. Uh, God created them in his image, just like he did me. Um, but we have a lack of masculinity. Look at our world right now and show me the leaders our political leaders here or across the globe that you trust and believe are standing for the right things. And we're we're in a vacuum right now. We are in such a leadership and masculine crisis. And if you want to be different, if you want to be an oddball, be masculine. Be a man. Don't be afraid of it. Your wife wants this from you and out of you she cannot be feminine unless you're being
0: masculine who who would have thought we'd see the day when that would become radical <laughs> advice yes, right
1: absolutely
0: oh uh, it's excellent advice though i think about it a lot that's why we do what we do that's right so alonzo i know that you do speaking and you do some other things uh if if guys want to connect with you i know that you know i've I follow you on Twitter and you've got uh, a constant and steady stream of wisdom <laughs> that gets poured out there. But what are, what are some of the ways the guys can get in touch with you?
1: Uh, well, Twitter's the best way. It's Alonzo62, A-L-O-N-Z-O-6-2. Um, yeah, I put a lot of stuff out there about leadership, a lot of inspirational stuff and, and a lot of uh, husband uh, man stuff like like we're talking about here. And Josh, uh, believe it or not, uh, I have not had a, a female follower yet slam me for any of my masculine posts. Uh, a lot of times they like them and retweet them. They, they understand. But yeah, Alonzo62 at Twitter is the best way. Um, or you can email
0: me, PettigrewAlonzo at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you spending some time to have a conversation with us today. And, uh, I hope that the guys do reach out and, and take a look at what you're doing. And, and, uh, I hope that, uh, you and your wife have fun throwing axes and all that good stuff, man. Yeah. I'm get, I'm figuring it out. I'm, I'm learning. I, I took my wife ax throwing and she scared me, man. She got like bullseye every time she threw. I'm oh, like, she just, she schooled me and I'm like, uh, and then she had to have shoulder surgery. So we haven't gone in a while. I think she can still do it. We'll have to go find out, but she's kind of itching to do it again. So
1: <laughs> my, my wife beat me the first time and I'm like, we're not leaving. Go again.
0: <laughs> get her tired. Get, get her tired enough that she can't, she can't eat those good scores.
1: Yeah.
0: That's a good, that's a good uh, process. Oh, I, it's the same one with bowling too. She always beats me bowling, but that's all right. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hey, I really appreciate you. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Josh. We'll talk to you soon, man. Thank you. Alonzo, thank you so much for that interview. Guys, uh, connect with Alonzo if you've got questions. He'd love to hear from you. His information is there in the show notes. Uh, like I said, I know he does speaking, so if you want him to come and speak on leadership or ethics or any of those things at your place, just get in touch with him. We'd love to, love to help support this guy. He's doing good work. If you want to grow as a man, we've got several options, but I'm just going to talk to you about one today. We're going to talk about the Manlyhood Man Cave on Our Facebook page. If you go to Facebook and you type in Manlyhood Man Cave, it's our private Facebook group where you can level up as a man. We've got guys there who care about you, who are looking out for each other. It's basically just a place to make some friends because that's really what we all need more of. So get plugged into that group because I want to see you become all that you can be. Anyway, guys, thank you again, Alonzo. Thank you for listening. I'm glad that you guys are with us today. I love you. I care about you. I'll see you next time. If you want to be a better man, check out our website, manlyhood.com, for blogs, videos, and more from our Manlyhood team. And you can also join our private Facebook group, Manlyhood Man Cave, where you can meet up with a band of brothers who will challenge you and help you on your journey of manhood. This episode's produced by Hatcher Media for manlyhood.com. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you're listening to the show. Tune in again for more of the Manlyhood Mancast.